0: And then I'm like, oh, crap. So anyway, that's kind of how the feeling that I had. So let's go ahead and pray, and I'm going to get that out of here. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to be here. Lord, I know you've given me a word. and Lord, I'm not anything special, but um, Lord, I just pray that you would just help me to speak it clearly to each and every one in this place today. Lord, how it's spoken to me already, how it's changed my mind. Um, Lord, I pray that you would change our minds today, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would have expectation Lord, I'm guilty. We come to church sometimes. We don't expect anything. We just come to check off the box or whatever it may be. And Lord, we don't want to be that way. Lord, we're expecting you to do a work in this place. Lord, I pray that you would stir my heart. You would stir each one of our hearts. Lord, that you would speak to us today. In your name we pray. Amen. I want to give you guys a quick update. Uh, Most of you guys know um, that... My stepmom has stage 4 cancer, and I'm not sure if Medora put it on the women's group yet, but we got an update yesterday. My dad, uh, he texted me and said I had to take Gina to CAMC, and she's had stroke-like symptoms. And he wasn't sure, obviously, what it was. He he took her to the doctor. Um, She had an MRI, and they've now found a tumor on her brain. So she has had uh, six or seven rounds of chemo. And she had allergic reactions to that. They had to stop the chemo. And obviously, uh, cancer on her brain is not what they wanted. Just three months ago or so, they did a scan on her brain, and there was no cancer. So, um, you know, not dealing with cancer a whole lot. I've been learning a lot about it lately, obviously. Um, that's not good. Um, so, she's in the hospital bed there at CAMC right now. They had plans to go to Texas on Tuesday. So that uh, they could potentially go to a more progressive, maybe a better hospital that could help her. Um, That's kind of up in the air right now. But I say all that to say, um, you know, what I'm talking about today, you know, we are living that. And anybody that's living and breathing in this place, I can imagine that you're going through something. Um, It may not be you, it may not be a family member, but maybe it's a friend or somebody like me that you know that they're going through something or that their family's going through something. So i say all that to say he's still in control. Uh, she is saved by the grace of God. So no matter what the outcome, we know where she's going to be. And I'm confident I'm going to see her again one day. We're still believing for healing, and we're going to believe that all the way to the end if, if there is an end. One day there's going to be an end. Maybe it's 50, 60 years from now. Well, that's not that. She, she'd be very old. It could be 50 years. Um, but anyway, uh, we don't know what that is, right? So let's get into it today. Um, the title of my message is Don't Doubt, Keep Your Eyes on Jesus. And, uh, I'm going to pull up a scripture here on my phone that just came to my mind during worship, and I say this a lot, and I'm not going to stop. Hebrews 4.12, uh, I'm going to be reading out of the NLT today, the New Living Translation. Um, Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Um, You know, I'm fortunate that, you know, I have a couple months to prepare for this stuff. Uh, I don't see how Jay does it personally. Maybe I'll be there one day. But to work a full-time job and then to do what he does here is, you know, daunting to me. But anyway, I have a couple months to prepare normally for a message. And I can tell you that I stumbled upon the verses that you guys have heard a million times, just like I heard, I've heard. i heard a million times. And this was not in the cards in my mind to present, but this is what I'm presenting today. And I say that to say, isn't it funny how sometimes when we read scriptures we've read a hundred times before, that God speaks to us in a different way. Maybe the simplest thing that we should have seen years ago, we, we really didn't see it or we didn't see it to the degree that God wanted us to see it. So I pray that, you know, this word is for everybody. We can all, you know, if we all get a hold of this, it will it'll change our walk. Um, it'll change the way that we uh, believe, and we're going to get into it. So once again, the title of the message is Don't Doubt and Keep Your Eyes on Jesus. The definition of doubt is a feeling of uncertainty. Some synonyms are lack of certainty, unsureness, and hesitation. And I want to give you guys an example of the opposite of doubt. And, uh, you know, I told the youth kids this this week. um, Addie Addie wanted music, uh, like at a young age. She just likes to listen to music. So we got a radio as soon as we... You know, she was able to say, hey, I want I want music. And we play K-Love. K-Love basically plays all night in her room every single night. Most days it stays on the entire day. And I just think there's something about that. Maybe that sounds weird, but, you know, there's Jesus music playing in her room all the time. And I know that it makes a difference in her life. So as, you know, we put her down to bed, and oftentimes she says, Daddy, can you lay with me? I can't say no, right? I mean, I'm not going to say no. So I lay there in her bed and just... You know, let her talk, or we'll talk or whatever, and I can't remember specifically what it was that that triggered me to to think about this, but just the faith that she has is in many ways it is stronger than my faith, and you know life has happened I'll be thirty one years old next week. you know life has happened, and all the crap in life has happened, and the things that maybe I didn't think should go the way they did or whatever. And those can begin maybe to harden your heart a little bit. And if we've all lived in this life, we've all went through similar situations. But anyway, to give you an example of the opposite of doubt, I'm going to talk about Addie. So I am sure with complete certainty that when Addie talks to Jesus, that she believes that Jesus can, is hearing her, and will answer her prayers. I am sure with complete certainty that to the best of her ability, that she believes the Word of God and the stories that are in the Bible. There's not one story in the Bible that she would say, that isn't right, they had to got something wrong, it wasn't written right. She does not feel that way. I am sure with complete certainty that she knows that Jesus loves her more than anyone on this earth. I can assure you of that. I am sure with complete certainty that she knows that she will one day be with Jesus in heaven because of what he did for her on the cross. I am also aware with complete certainty that Satan does not like it when we notice the faith of a child and want to become more like them. A child does not doubt. So let's get into this. I've got a question for you here. Why is it that when we get older, oftentimes we become less childlike, we have less faith, and we doubt more? Let's look at what the Bible has to say about it. So we've all heard this, but I pray that the Lord would speak to you guys in a new way like he has me, and I pray we never forget it. Jesus walks on the water. You guys can just follow along with me. We're not going to have it up on the screen. Um, Next time I speak, we'll have it on there, but this is out of the NLT. If you guys would want to follow along, if you have your Bibles, it's Matthew 14, 22 through 31. That's Matthew 14, 22 through 31. I'm going to get a drink of water, and then we'll read this. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once, don't be afraid, he said, take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you, walking on the water. So Peter says, If it's you, Lord, tell me to walk out on the water to you. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? I'm going to stop there. So Jesus tells Peter to walk on the water. To meet him, then Peter actually walks on the water. Maybe it's been a long time since I've read this or something, but you know Peter actually walks on the water. I think that's an important point. Um, and what I want to say here is is, you know our, the way we are, maybe the lack of childlike faith that we have, we cannot comprehend that, maybe as adults. But if Addie would read that story. She would not even question it. Let's continue. But then Peter sees the wind and waves and is terrified and begins to sink and shout, Save me, Lord. And then Jesus immediately reaches out and grabs Peter. And Jesus said, You have so little faith, Peter. Why did you doubt me? So we're going to unpack this a little bit. Peter takes his eyes off of Jesus, and that is when the issue starts. As long as his eyes were on Jesus, he was able to walk to him. When he took them off of Jesus and saw the hell that was around him, in this case, the wind and the waves, he began to sink. Not only did he begin to sink, but he doubted that Jesus was even going to rescue him at all. We can find ourselves in similar situations. It just may not be the wind and waves like the disciples' face that you're dealing with today. Before you feel bad about doubting Jesus, let's look at some things that Peter had seen up to that point. By now, Jesus had already fed the 5,000. By now, Jesus had already given many parables. By now, Jesus had already healed the blind. Jesus had healed the sick. Jesus had brought the dead back to life. Jesus had healed a paralyzed man. Jesus had healed the demon-possessed. Jesus had healed the leper. Jesus had taught about many things. Jesus had also criticized the religious leaders, which is something you didn't do then. Jesus had been tempted by Satan and had not sinned. So, before you start feeling bad, Peter was physically with Jesus and witnessed all these things, all the miracles and teachings firsthand. Yet... In a moment, he took his eyes off of Jesus, and he began to sink in doubt. So you're not alone. If this happened to Peter, then it might happen to us, right? We're not going to stop there, though. It is no different with us. When we take our eyes off of Jesus in the moment, we begin to sink in doubt. In the moment, we pay attention to the hell going around us and our lives, in our families, in our friends' lives, and in the world, and we take our eyes off of Jesus. Jesus says to us, as he did to the disciples that day, as he walked onto the water towards the boat, don't be afraid, take courage, I am here. Let's look at one more account in Matthew as an example. So this is one more thing that happened prior to Jesus walking on the water and Peter sinking because he's looking at the waves instead of Jesus. When I stumbled upon this, I mean, like I said, I maybe it's been too long since I've read these two accounts, but I'm just like, the light bulb went off for me, and I hope it does you. It's going to seem kind of similar to what we just read. Matthew eight twenty three through 27, if you want to flip there. Jesus calms the storm kind of sounds a lot like a little bit what happened in the boat whenever the disciples were there. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, "Lord, save us, we're going to drown." Jesus responded, "Why are you afraid? You have so little faith." Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed, who is this man, they asked. Even the winds and waves obey him. We can pull the similarities out of both of them, right? So they had physically been there. They had seen all that Jesus has done. They'd even been in a similar situation in the boat. Yet Peter doubted, and he began to sink. And you're going to hear me say moment. We are all faced with moments in life. What I want to say about that is a moment is just that. It is a moment. That that doesn't have to dictate the next month or the next year or the next ten years or the rest of your life. In the moment, Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and allowed the moment to dictate where he was going to look. We must not lose sight of what Jesus has done in the past, in our lives, and in the lives of those we love. We must not lose sight of what the scriptures tell us actually happened. As Addie believes every word that that Bible says, we need to be the same way and have childlike faith. We don't need to cherry pick the scriptures that say, well, I don't don't not want to live like that, so or I don't don't want to live like that, so I'm just going to read over that part and go to this one. We must also not forget that Jesus has more to do in our lives and our loved ones' lives now, today, in a week, in a year, and in our future. When the moment comes, and it will come, let me give you some of these moments that may happen when you get a cancer diagnosis, when a loved one or child or whatever, God forbid, dies. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over that. I hope none of us have to deal with that. When the moment comes and it will, such as secret sin, when we're home alone and our wife's gone and we've just had a fight. When job loss comes, when foreclosure of our house comes, maybe when a cure comes. It's not all bad. Maybe when the cure for cancer comes, maybe that's the moment. Maybe it's birth of a child, maybe that's the moment. Maybe when you're delivered of that secret sin or whatever you need to be delivered from. Maybe it's that promotion at work. Maybe it's financial independence. Maybe you've got your house paid off, got a million dollars in the 401k and life is good. Those are all moments, and what I want to get out today and hope that everybody realizes is when you keep your eyes on Jesus, will you keep your eyes on Jesus, this is my question to you, will you keep your eyes on Jesus in the moments, or will you allow the moment to prevail? When that moment happens, where do you look? Who do you talk to? So when that moment happens, do you first go to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, or do you call a friend? I'm not saying your friend's bad. I'm not saying they're bad at all. Do you go to your wife first? I'm not saying they're bad at all. I've got a good one. But what I'm saying is, is who are we going to first? Who are our eyes fixed upon first? Are we jumping on Facebook to tell the world about how bad whatever it is, is? Or are we opening up the word? Are we getting in prayer? Are we doing what the Lord wants us to do? Earlier I had said that Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, and that is when the issue began. As long as his eyes were on Jesus, he was able to walk to him. When he took them off of Jesus and saw the hell that was around him, he began to sink. Not only did he begin to sink, but he doubted that Jesus was going to rescue him at all. There are people in this room listening to this message. I'm sorry, there are people in this room and listening to this message that have taken their eyes off of Jesus. You have doubt that Jesus will rescue you from your issue, from your hell, from your bondage. And doubt has set in. I'm talking to Christians and non-Christians alike. There are people in this room and listening to this message that have taken their eyes off of Jesus. They used to believe that Jesus would deliver their loved one from their issue, from their hell, from their bondage, and doubt has set in. Everyone must keep their eyes on Jesus. So this is the part. Maybe you guys don't find yourself in part A or part B. Maybe you're not going through any kind of hell or bondage or you don't know any family members that are. But none of us are exempt from this part. Everyone must keep their eyes on Jesus so that when the moment comes, we look at him. We are never exempt from this, ever. If I stop reading my word, if I stop praying if I just stop going to church and stop talking to my wife or buddies or child about God, about Jesus, eventually I'm no longer going to have him top of mind. I'm no longer going to be looking at him when these moments come. We will always look at something or somebody, and I'm here to tell you that if it's anything but Jesus, we will sink. It's fact. We will. Everyone must keep their eyes on Jesus. I'm sorry, let's see. Why is it, I'm going to pose this question again. Why is it that when we get older, oftentimes we become less childlike, have less faith, and doubt more? One thing I said to Medora, it's been a long time ago, and it was just like, you know, um, it spoke to her, uh, was the gospel is not, necessarily hard um you know jesus wants us to believe in him he wants all our belief to be in him he wants us to talk about him he wants us to become like him and he just wants us to trust in him and once we accept him our job is just to love him and love others love our family love our friends bring the love of jesus to the world So why do we become less childlike, have less faith, and doubt more? We simply take our eyes off of Jesus. It's that simple. We simply take our eyes off of Jesus. We allow the moments to dictate where where our eyes are rather than having it predetermined that our eyes will be looking at Jesus no matter what moment we're in. I'm going to say that again. We allow the moments to dictate where our eyes are rather than having it predetermined that our eyes will be looking at Jesus no matter what moment we are in. And I'm just going to say this. I don't have it in my notes. I I felt like it might happen, but I wasn't going to put it in there, and the Lord's want me to say it. So this is kind of a sidebar. Um... What are you feeding yourself with? And that could be a completely different message. We're not going to get into it. Um, we got to get to the Mexican restaurant before the other church folk get there. So I'm just I'm just kidding about that. I don't care about eating, but um what are you feeding yourself with? Um that is extremely important. Um just like if we eat junk, we're gonna we're gonna eventually it's going to show, right? Um, you know, I can't, I can't see necessarily what's in each of you. I know some people in this room that probably can, but I'm, I don't have that gift, and I'm kind of thankful for that right now. But you guys know, and I know what is in me. And oftentimes, it's just me that knows that, and it's just Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit that knows that. So I ask, what are you eating? What are you feeding on? I can tell you if it's, you know, anything, you know, other than the Word and worship music and prayer and Thanksgiving, all of the other stuff, I'll say it, it's just, it's just crap. It's just the world. Um, You know, when you have a bad day at work, do you come home and grab the bottle to ease your pain, or do you grab the Word, or do you pray? So it's, that's, a most, that's vital, vitally important, because if we are doing these things that we've been told as long as we were Christians to do, if we actually do these things, we are going to start looking at Jesus more and more and desiring him more and more. Let's look at a few last points, and let's not miss them. I'm going to read from Matthew 14, 20, Matthew 14 again, verses 24 through 27. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had arisen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning... Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified, and in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. And once again, maybe it's been a long time since I read it, or uh, you know, maybe the Lord is speaking to me in a new way, or a little bit of both, um, I truly feel he was speaking to me in a new way. Um, And, you know, let's be childlike here and and just think that we can read the Word of God and it change us. This is all we need. We don't need anything else. I need to be careful about what I'm getting ready to say because I was going to say something that's not very nice and the Lord won't want me to do that. But this is all we need. We don't have to have a doctorate in theology we don't have to have this or that this is all we need if you can't understand it ask the holy spirit to help you understand it more and i'll guarantee you he will if your child asks for you if your child asks you for an ice cream cone are you going to give him a snake there's a verse like that ice cream's not one of them in the bible It's not coming to me at this point what exactly that is, but you guys get the point. If you ask God for more wisdom, and you ask God for more power to do his work, he's not going to give you something else. So just ask him for it. So, in regards to Matthew 14, 24 through 27, I believe that Jesus knew what was going on in the boat just as he knows the hell, so to speak, of that you and your loved ones are going through right now. I have no indication there that, you know, Jesus was, he was back there chilling with God, talking to God alone. I have no indication to think that he wanted to stop that necessarily. I mean, if he's with God, he wants to continue to be with God. So why does he walk out in the, into the ocean towards the boat at 3 o'clock in the morning Whenever he's with God, whenever he could be sleeping and have a break from the disciples and the other people, he knew it was happening, just as he knows whatever you guys are going through and whatever I'm going through is happening. We also see that prior to Jesus walking on the water, that Jesus went up into the hills by himself to pray, and that he was alone. My question to you is this, when is the last time that you've been alone with Jesus, actually alone when is the last time that we'll just use jesus's example here when's the last time that you dropped the kids off at your parents or the babysitter and you just hiked up into the middle of a mountain without your cell phone to just be alone with god does that sound radical jesus did it jesus knew how important it was to keep his eyes On God his Father. May Jesus be the example to us and for myself to do the same. Jesus knew the importance that he had to keep his eyes ever fixed on God, or that he potentially would not make it to the cross and wouldn't do everything that he did. May we know may we realize that if we don't keep our eyes on Jesus, then we're we're missing the mark. You see, when our eyes are on Jesus, the moments don't, tick, don't dictate where we look. When our eyes are on Jesus, the moments don't dictate where we look. Here's the last point. I'm going to drink some water here. So we're talking about doubt, right? We all hear comments like God doesn't work that way anymore or those days are over. How dare we even speak that? I mean, we may even say it from the daggone pulpit. And even if you're not a preacher, any Christian, if that comes out of your mouth, you're speaking doubt. Doubt. Hebrews 13:8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever. So all those things that I gave account on what Jesus did on earth prior to walking on the water, those things really happened. And he can still do them today. He isn't physically here in body, but he is here through all of us who have the Holy Spirit living in us if we are saved. I'll say that again. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I'm here to say Jesus is still on the throne. Jesus is still more powerful than death and the grave. Jesus still works the same as he did then. Jesus can still do the things on earth now as he did then. Will we choose to look at him in that regard, or will we just continue to doubt? I don't know about you guys, but being a doubting Christian is not a good place to be. And as I said earlier, none of us are exempt from, from that. And as soon as we take our eyes off of Jesus and we put other things in front of him, more important than him, we put other things, as far, so to speak, we, we put them as God before him, then we'll begin to doubt. We'll begin to look away. When the trials come, the trials could take us down. I'll guarantee you we'll begin to sink. So we must keep our eyes on him. If you want to go ahead and cue up the the worship, we'll start it here in a second. I don't really have a big bang or an emotional thing to say or anything like that, and it's not needed. What I want to say is... Though, are you ready for that moment? Maybe it's a good moment. It doesn't have to be a bad moment. Having a child is awesome, but if that child becomes your God and you put that child before Jesus, that's a bad thing. It may not be a cancer diagnosis. Maybe you're healed, but maybe, maybe you don't need Jesus like you used to because now he's healed you maybe maybe it's not foreclosure maybe maybe you're at financial independence you don't have to worry about anything you've been smart you've listened to dave ramsey and talked to some other crazy people like that but maybe you start to worship that maybe you don't need maybe you don't pray as hard maybe you don't look to jesus like you used to maybe you're like i was for many years and maybe you doubt that god will ever Get rid of that secret sin in your life that maybe only you know about. Let's be clear. If you have doubt in your mind, it's not of the Lord. It is absolutely not of the Lord. He came to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. Satan's here to kill, steal, and destroy you, your family, your kids, your f- friends, this, this world. We know the end, though. We know he's not going to. But it's our choice. Are we going to look at Jesus? Or are we going to look at other stuff? So I ask, before this this song starts, I'm going to ask Ian to come up uh, to the author. Jay, if you don't care to, anybody else that would feel led to come up here, I feel like that there's people in this place, myself included, that needs to do business with the Lord today. I feel like things are going to be finally put to death. I feel like that doubt... If you have faith and you come up that doubt is going to be gone, I have faith that the things that maybe you, like me, held on to for years will finally be gone. And I just pray in these next few moments that the Lord would do a work. I thought that I would be a lot more amped up and psyched up, you know, to, to in in my presentation. But I hope that each and every one of you have heard this, just like, Anything in the word, I truly feel like that if we get a hold of this, then it can change our lives and it's definitely going to change our walk with him. So whatever that moment is that you're in, whatever moment is coming, may we look at Jesus and may we decide to do that today. I would say it would be a lot easier to go ahead and look at him now like we should than to wait until the moment comes. And remember, it doesn't have to be bad. It can be a good thing. Let's pray, and then we'll start the music. Lord, we just give you the glory, the honor, and the praise today. Lord, we pray that you would do a work. Lord, I pray that you spoke through me. Lord, I pray that it gave you glory, honor, and praise. Lord, I pray every heart in this place is open right now. I pray for the hard hearts. Lord, that may begin to beat a little bit faster right now as I say these words. I pray that you would soften them. Lord, I pray that we could put our pride down. I pray that we would even uh, forget about what may people think if I go up. What may get revealed to my spouse that I've been doing that uh, I don't want them to know about. May we lay those things down. Lord, may you set us free. Lord, may you... Take the doubt out of our mind and forgive us for the doubt that we've held for so long. Lord, we give you the glory today, the honor, and we give you the praise. In your name we pray, amen. There's going to be two songs, so there'll be ample opportunity to come up. Just do do business with the Lord if you feel led. Thanks, guys.
1: The king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, always my song. And let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, always my song. Yes, you are. You're good, oh, you are good, you're good.
2: You're never gonna let me down. You never gonna let, you never gonna let me down. No oh Lord, you're never gonna let you never gonna let me down. chosen me
3: testify this morning. Amen. I am a child of God. Who here this morning can testify? I am a child of God. I belong to the King this morning. Amen. Just a couple of you. Is that it? I didn't see very many hands going up. Amen. Who's a child of God this morning? Amen. Testify. Claim what Jesus has done for you. Amen. And let it embrace you. Let it love you. Let it move power and fire over your life. Claim it that no matter what rises against you, Jesus moves on you with hope and with fire and promise every day of your life. Amen. That's what being a child of God is all about. Amen. When I am His, I am His. Amen. I mean, I am His. Amen. And when Satan rises up on us, honey, we can just sit back and know I am, I am, I am, I am a child of God. I'm a child of God. Amen. And He will lift me above all of the things. That come up in my life. The storms of life. The waters that rise up against me. The apostle Paul said it like this. Everything around him was crumbling around. And Paul said having done with all to stand. I stand. Amen. I stand. Amen? And sometimes the waves can, can crash over us and the rains can beat down upon us. Amen? The sand beneath our feet can start to shift and fall away. But when we stand on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, when His authority is on us, when He stands at the right hand of God and claims me and claims you, friend, there is no power, no power on earth that can lay claim to us. Amen. I am a child of God. I am a child of God, delivered and set free by the work of Jesus Christ. We're thankful for Hannah this morning. Gave her life to Jesus in the house. Yes. Amen. Other prayers and burdens lifted and, and, and taken away, claiming that moment of being a child of the King and the things that hold us down in this life. Amen, being moved aside because of his power and his hope and his promise. P- appreciate TJ this morning and his word. Amen. I don't know about you, but there were some mmm's in that, right? And sometimes when those mm-hmms hit us, right, we got to deal with that. we got to deal with that. Amen. And trust me, trust me, friend, there's a lot of stuff going to happen down here. But none of it shakes the foundations of heaven. None of it. Amen? And so that's why we're called into His presence. Called into a walk with Him. Amen? So that He can calm our storms and we can walk on the ocean with Him. You all have heard me say this, so I'm going to share it just for somebody this morning that might need it. I believe that when, when Peter yelled out and said, Lord, bid me come, I believe everybody in the boat groaned. Right? Oh, here goes Peter again. Right? Oh, boy, Peter. Yap, 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 yap. Amen? But when Peter walked hand in hand with Jesus on the water, back into the boat, I bet every single one of them sat there for a second and going, oh man, I wish that was me. I wish that was me. Amen? Friend, quit wishing. Quit wishing. Come into His presence in the fullness and the hope of the work He has already done for you. Come into his presence and let him make a difference in your life. Amen. We trust that you've done that this morning. If you haven't, we're always around after service. We are happy to talk with you, happy to pray with you, happy to, happy to just have church again. Amen. If that's what it calls for. Amen. Uh, and we, are, we always want to try and make ourselves available. So don't feel, don't, don't feel shy or backwards about coming to us and, and asking to talk or, or to pray. We're all here to, to help with exactly that. That's the whole reason. This happens every Sunday. Amen? Um, Baptism. One announcement I forgot to give before. Baptism last Sunday in, or yes, last Sunday in May. I think that's the 26th, 26th. May 26th, we will be doing a baptism. I will get more accurate um, directions. On the uh, Facebook page for that, it's out Heiser Creek. It's near where I used to pastor in Poka. Uh, a couple have a really nice big open area in the creek there, and they even built steps down to the creek for it. We tried to find something close to Winfield here, but there just wasn't anything safe. Uh, and with a lot of our younger people and everyone wanting to get in, Um, to the water and we didn't want to risk anyone getting swifted away in the river or anything like that and there just wasn't a a good place nearby so this is a place I have baptized that for years Uh, I've called and I've talked with them and they say we're welcome there anytime even told us the name of their dog so that we could just show up at random uh, if we needed to and and everything else but um, we're not doing it at random they know we're coming and, and we're excited about it that said that said I used to I used to, to pastor a church that, that man we were having people saved and they were getting up from the altar and saying I, I want to get baptized right now and I used to carry clothes in the trunk of my car specific after the first couple of times after the first couple of suits I ruined. Amen. That's back when preachers wore suits. And and amen, after the first couple suits I ruined, my wife and I just decided we're just going to put a bag of clothes in the car and keep it there. And that way when this happens, we're ready to go. So amen. So if you if you feel the need, you let me know and we'll make it happen. Okay. But we do have it scheduled for May 26th, and we're excited about that. So we ask that you be prayerful about it as well. All spirits, hearts free. All right, let's bow our heads. Father, we're thankful for your goodness in the house this morning. Thankful, Lord, that truth and power uh, was spoken in word and deed. And Father, it, it doesn't require the, the the jumping up and down and and, and all of those things. It, it requires a good heart and truthful lips, dear God, to lift you up. And Lord, to bring honor and, 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 uh, and belief into you, dear Jesus. And because of that, your work and your spirit, Lord, will do everything else. And so we're thankful that you did just that this morning. We're thankful Lord for Hannah as she gave her heart to you and we pray that the church surrounds her and Lord embodies her uh, Lord with the, the confidence and the hope that she needs in Jesus Christ. And Father, Lord, we pray for each person here this morning. We thank you for their presence in the house. And God, we pray your power, we pray your might, we pray your love down upon them in this place right now. That God, when they leave here today, they know that they don't leave empty-handed. We know, God, that they leave with you uh, resting on them. Lord, to do a work in their life that only you can do, to do the things in their life that need to be done that they can't do. And God, to bring them to a place where they can Lift their hands and acknowledge your presence in all things. Lord, we lift you up. We give you praise over each life. In Jesus' name, and amen. Good day, and God bless you.